0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Today's guest played for Leeside, Pac-Man, and Storm growing up where she's won multiple provincial and national medals. She's also a star on the beach where she's a provincial champion and won the right to represent Canada at U17 Worlds. Unfortunately, that event never happened. Uh, she's also represented Nova Scotia at Canada Games on the beach and she's currently playing for Acadia where she's been an AUS first team all-star, team MVP, and the regular season record holder for digs. Let's see if she can break her own record this year. Please welcome to the show, Becky Dorsey. Becky, thanks for doing this. So, thanks for having me. Becky, this is great because I got to coach your brother for a few years in the club world. So, I've got to know your, your awesome family. So, uh, I'm wondering, was there a lot of backyard volleyball going on with your brother Chris and your parents obviously loving sport? Or how did you get so into volleyball?
1: Chris is definitely the reason I got into it. My dad, like, always loved the sport growing up. But he, I mean, his claim to fame is that he won the um, University Law Games for volleyball. Like, back whatever in the 80s. <laughs> um, and so he loved the sport, but then Chris getting involved is kind of what started it for me. Um, and he's kind of always been the person that I like, look back on getting me into the sport. Because we, uh, I remember like every day, us like going to the park to Pepper. Like pretty much every day growing up. Like that was like our thing that we did. And then Connor got involved and it kind of just became a big family thing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, if you had to look back, how young were you when you started playing club? Because I don't think your true age group existed. I feel like you played up right from the start.
1: I did my first year of club. I was I was grade five. I was playing thirteen, so I was playing two years up. And then um, I stayed at thirteen year after that, and kind of always I always played a year up pretty much until my last year.
0: Nice. And what got you hooked on the beach? Was uh, that Chris as well, or just some teammates or obviously when you play at clubs like Leaside, Pac-Man and Storm, a lot of your teammates are probably enjoying the beach as well, right?
1: Yeah. I think I always did like the Leaside beach camps and clinics and stuff. So that's definitely what started it. And so I kind of always just played every summer. And then I started getting serious when Becky Tresham was another kind of beach, big name of the beach world. But, um, she asked me to be partners with her and then that's when I kind of started to actually do well because before that I was struggling on the beach but yeah so then once I started like training full-time and I was training with Dean Martin with On2 in which is no longer a thing but um, yeah I started training regularly and ended up like falling in love with beach kind of ended up sticking there for a while and then
0: What's the origin story with Tresham? Because I think at the time, you guys weren't on the same club team.
1: No, we weren't. I remember um, we were at a tournament in, I think it was in Markham. And she came up, like, just came up to me and asked me. Um, it kind of was very much out of the blue. I didn't really know her at all. We had played against each other a lot at this time. And this is when I was still on Lee side. And then we ended up playing indoor together after that. Uh, But it it was random. She just approached me, like was looking for someone to play with, and it ended up just working out really well for us.
0: Yeah, I, I would say so. I was still working over a beach crew events at that time, and it was just funny hearing other people talk about the Beckys. Oh, we play Beckys. We play the Beckys. So, it, it was funny. You guys had a pretty long run of success there, but it was just funny that, like, oh, you know, we play the Beckys in the quarters. It's going to be tough, and, like, people like, uh, I, I don't know. Your team just became uh, almost a story among the beach uh, when you were going to play them. Yeah,
1: the, the, the it was the Becky era, that's for sure. We I, like, we'll see, like, Donna and stuff. I saw her this summer, and they all like to joke about when that was like the big thing. <laughs> like he squared or whatever it was, but
0: so yeah. When you're progressing through the sport, obviously you're doing well at beach, you're doing well at indoor. Uh, What was the decision to switch clubs? Because I think anyone who grows up in the GTA right now, it's really hard to kind of stay in one spot just based on the number of kids who try out for every team, but also the number of good clubs in proximity. So uh, what made you kind of want to just leave uh, Toronto exactly and maybe go north to Storm or go to the West End for Pac-Man?
1: So originally with Storm, um, a lot of my like... I became very close with a lot of girls on that team. So that was a draw for me was the kind of the friends. Um, but at that time, my Lee side team wasn't overly competitive. We were kind of like bottom of premier, top of championship. It kind of was the team that would go back and forth. Um, and I think I was looking for a little bit more commitment and success. Um, so that's why I went to Storm. Then if they folded because we had lots of lots of team drama um <laughs> as you do in women's volleyball and then I uh, went back to Side and then kind of the same thing I switched to Pac-Man kind of I knew the girls on the team there were some people I was like close with and then I like the coaches and stuff I really really enjoyed and I got to work with Mike Albert in my first year and He's still one of like the best coaches that I've had technically. Um, so I kind of made the switch because I at that time I knew that I wanted to be a lib. I knew I needed to switch up positions if I was going to be successful. Um and had to we kind of had libs and I was kind of playing all over. So I just wanted a little bit more of a consistent role.
0: Knowing that you wanted to be a libero, I'm curious, was that your post-secondary goal or were you also pursuing the beach? Because I think the beach was still new, but I I would say pretty established also when you were coming through. So were you ever looking at going to the NCAA or you knew you wanted to play indoor post-secondary?
1: No, I did want to play beach. I think I struggled a lot with recruiting, um, kind of navigating that on my own. It was... Long and kind of painful experience, I would say, looking back on it. And I ended up, I like, think there were schools that I talked to and had, but the most I kind of was offered was like a 50% scholarship and financially, that was like, my parents I in a tough position. So it kind of decided that it wasn't feasible. Um, so it's kind of just towards like my, the end of my grade 11 year that I decided that indoor was kind of the route that I wanted to take or not necessarily wanted to but felt like it's kind of the only option that I had looking back I think it was the best thing that could have happened for me um by the time I definitely like was pretty heartbroken that I was gonna be staying playing indoor instead of going down the states and playing beach
0: yeah, if it's not too personal, uh, take us through that because I think some people will look back and be like, well, no, like Sophie got to go to USC and she did all this stuff. Well, she also won world championships and is a pretty tall athlete and pretty physical where uh, a lot of other Canadians at that time struggled a little bit because I don't think coaches were coming up here as often where now I go to nationals and I see a ton of coaches or now I think showcase events or knowing which US tournaments to go to or how to talk to coaches where um, doing some research for the show you were cutting your own video at that time, right? There wasn't like a service that existed. Like, I think you were doing a lot of the stuff on your own, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I cut all of my own video. Um, there weren't like, I think in the in grade 12, I ended up working a little bit with like a recruiter. Cause that was kind of starting to become a thing. Um, but pretty much was doing it. Cause like at that time, I guess it's probably still the same, but I I started recruiting like, read 9. is when I started sending out emails to coaches. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, if, uh, there's... I don't know what the rules are in place anymore, but, like, it was hard to get responses. And, and I think, yeah, not being an overly physical um, athlete, because I was never, like, a big jumper, big hitter. Um, I, I was more of, like, a shots person. So... Um, I think that's like the thing that I struggled with was the physical side of it Um, and then not knowing if I'm going to be physical enough to play at that level.
0: So you set your sights on indoor and then what went into your recruiting process about uh, were you looking NCAA, were you looking big school, small school, east, west, stay in Ontario, like what went into that decision because I'm sure you had to whittle whittle it down from the amount of options you would have.
1: Yeah, I so I started at Nationals in grade 11, is when I like I sent out just emails to like any school that I might be interested in, and that's when I, I met Michelle at Nationals actually that year. Um, because a girl on my team was going or signed to Acadia, so yeah, I just sent out a ton of emails, saw kind of what my options were again, like. I feel like I didn't have, I didn't have like the smoothest recruitment process. There wasn't a ton of options, but I ended up. Michelle wanted to fly me out here for a visit. I didn't want to go. I was, I was like, there's no way I'm ending up in a small town, a school in the AUS. Like, I just had no, I had no interest. Um, and what ended up happening is my parents made a deal. They're like, okay, we'll. If you go, then we'll also, like, go visit Dow. Dow was something that I, like, at a school that I was like, oh, maybe I'll be interested in that. Um, and then, so I ended up going to Dow first when I came out here. Met, like, met Rick. I met the team. And I, like, I really liked it. Bought a Dow sweater. I was like, I'm going here. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I showed up. I drove to Wolfville for my recruiting trip in a Dow sweater. Um, cause so I was like, there's no way I'm going to Acadia. And then I walk, I remember walking in and at that time, Lucy Glenn Carter was, was here. She was in her third year and I'd played with her at least i like when I was, I think I was in group seven when we played together. Um, and I like immediately fell on the team. I remember them, they were doing conditioning when I walked in. And, like, they were all on this salt bike, and then, like, one by one as they finished their conditioning, all of them coming over and choosing themselves, giving me hugs. It was just, like, a really warm environment right away, and that's kind of what sold it for me. But, yeah, I, I think I was not considering Acadia.
0: Does Michelle know this story, or as soon as this goes on the Internet, I'm going to get a phone call that uh, she gave you a plane ticket and you used it to go to Dell first?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. She probably doesn't know this story, actually. Um, But I think she'd laugh now. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully.
0: (laughs) No, that's so cool. So, obviously, they had what you wanted to study. But uh, obviously, you coming from Toronto and and, and growing up in, like, the middle of Toronto, did you like the town right away? Or were you kind of, like, blown away being like, what am I going to do here? Or was it just such a a nice change that you're kind of like, oh, I could get used to this?
1: I think going... I remember that the summer before I came being really, really stressed that I wasn't gonna like it, that it was gonna be too small, I was gonna be bored. Um, like I was I felt super unsure about it. And then I like I liked it on my visit. Like it's a, it's such a cute, like it's like a Hallmark Christmas movie kind of town. Um and I remember liking it being like it's very I don't know. It's an adorable town, but I wasn't sure how I felt while living there. Um, but I'd say, especially in first year, like, you know, you're in a small town, but it doesn't feel that small. Still feels like a big change. But I like, I love this town so much now. Um, but definitely was scared about that. And I would say like going into my first year, I was not overly excited. I still was kind of caught up on the fact that I wasn't, this wasn't, how I pictured my future going, um but then I like now again look back and I like talk about it often with my parents that I think it all like everything did work out for a reason and like I ended up in the place I was supposed to be.
0: It's so cool to hear that you're on a recruiting trip and the players. They welcome you. They, they introduce themselves like a, you're just not like a stranger in the gym. They made a point to come over. Um, what were some first impressions the, Like the first couple of weeks at school? Because I think somebody not knowing the program would go to the roster and be like, oh, I'm sure she liked it. There was a ton of Ontario girls. But uh, Ontario is so big and spread out that you might – you might have played against some of these Ottawa girls or some other players, but you're not really like buddy, buddy with them. So you're getting to know them. Then you're also meeting like some of the more East coast girls. And, and every once in a while, you'll have a West coast girl on the team. So I imagine it's just this mixing pot of athletes. So how do you guys get on the same page and kind of get along with each other before you start playing volleyball?
1: Well, I think well, the, like the other girls that I came in with, so I came in, it was me, two other Ontario girls, BC, Alberta, and, like, I think automatically as a, like, rookie on a team, you're just, like, you're friends no matter what. Um, we all got along very, very well. We're really close, spent pretty much all of our time together. Um, and I think just having that common, um, like, thing in common, being on the same team, like, going through the same struggles, we kind of just all automatically ended up getting close. Um, and our team, like, our team's always been very close-knit. And I don't know. We, we now are kind of starting to be a little bit more East Coast, but it has been Ontario dominant, I'd say. So there's definitely a lot of people that, like, I grew up playing against or, um, like, some people, like, I played with some of my best friends. Like, there there's always these connections in volleyball, and even, like, people from out west, I could still somehow find connections with other people, um, which is, I think, really cool. And what was nice is that so I met all the other rookies um, at nationals prior to that. So, like, I had been talking to them all summer. Uh, we were, I'd say, like, a couple of them I was quite close with going into it. And then I, like, ended up living with two of them, Um or, like once we moved out of Res, and like they're still some of my best friends.
0: And uh, you and I were talking before the show. Just uh, let the listeners know how cool the fan base is in your town. Like, how many people get out to a game? Uh, like, I feel like sometimes when when I'm in Ontario, it's like friends and family come to a game. Where it sounds like you have community members who just love coming to watch Acadia Sports.
1: Yeah, well, there's um, there's a, there a lot of people in the community that have, like, season's tickets. Um, like, they have their seat. They're always in the same spot. Um, and that's that's across all sports. I'd say what's been really cool over my four years or five years is the growth of our fan base. Um, our basketball team, like, women's basketball team has always been really, really good. They Like, every single game, like, the stands are completely packed. At ours, in my first year, like, we'd get we'd only take out one set of stands and we fill that. But then my third year, um, it was the year after COVID, our first get home game, they just took out the one set of stands and then there was like a lineup out the door of people, like people was trying to get in and they were having to turn people away. So between sets, they're having to take out other stands because, like, like, they needed more seating for people, which was really cool because we've never had that before. Um, so I'd say, like, the the sport has grown in the community a lot here, and, like, people are really, really starting to love it. Um, and I think we're quite an entertaining team to watch. Say we get, like, quite into it, very... Our bench is known for getting in trouble for storming the court between points. Um <laughs> The refs don't love us, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, like we get we will we'll fill fill the gym pretty pretty easily on a Friday Saturday night, and I think that's what's cool about being a small town is like that's the thing to do before you go out to the bar is like you're go like you go to the game whether you're there for the whole thing or not you go for part of it and then then you go out for drinks afterwards, um, but that's like very much just like, kind of always been what it has been. Like, we, like, there's not a weekend that I'm here and I won't go to another sports game. Like I mean... I was at hockey last night. Like, rugby on the weekend. Like, the, there's just, that's, a, like, what people like to do. And I think where our team is very involved um, with club volleyball here. So, i coach like, I've coached, and the 18U team the last three years that's, like, associated with Acadia. And so I think, like, having... Like, every, every like, Axe oil team there is has someone on our team that coaches it. So there's all of them that come to the games and their families and it becomes just a... It's a big thing. And that, what's cool, like, they... People in the community, like, will idolize you. Like, you'll be recognized on the streets from wherever you go for like being on the volleyball team.
0: And because you guys don't have a men's team, what is a game time? Cause I like, usually when you have both one team plays at six, one team plays at eight. Like, are you guys getting prime time thing? Is it better to have an afternoon game? Like what's the scene when you guys host home games?
1: We're usually a seven o'clock game. It, it will vary. And we'll like, I think this year we mostly have, just Friday, Saturday games, but we've had like Sunday games where we play in the afternoon, or we'll play earlier on Saturday sometimes. But for the most part, we're at six or seven, which is definitely the like optimal time to be playing.
0: Now, some people might say the amount of Ontario or out of province athletes you see in the AUS is because the the level of the Maritimes hasn't been there to play at a U Sports level, especially when you're like a Acadia or Dow trying to compete for, for national championships every year, I'm curious now hearing that you've coached every year you're there and it's not unusual. A lot of your athletes coach, do you find that's created a, a big swing that there are more Nova Scotia athletes in the AUS in terms of just, they, they get exposed to club volleyball. They get to interact with players and coaches more often that uh, I know you're, you've only been there for four years, but even in that time, have you noticed that there, there's just more local athletes playing in the AUS?
1: Yeah. Well, especially like, for us, there's two girls that I coached that are now put like are now on the team with me, which is really cool. There's girls that like I coached against and kind of like knew all throughout their time that are now here. And I think like it's not just Acadia that's doing it; it's like every school. Like I think there are so many athletes that are involved with coaching because they want to grow the sport out here, and that's, that's what we need. At least we just kind of need more coaches and like better quality coaches. I mean, I think COVID made it hard and still it's hindering the like development of the sport here. Um, but I definitely think that it's gotten better and it's grown. And people are like, like people are loving the sport. Which I think is like the first step is that people want to be involved
0: with you being an out of province athlete when you came in uh what's what's the deal with dalhousie would you say it's a rivalry would you feel like everyone in the aus is kind of chasing them like the the amount of championships they've won overall and in a row is very impressive but I, i'd like to know what's uh what the rest of the league feels about with them when you see dalhousie coming up on the schedule
1: yeah i'd say um definitely a rival for sure and they've got lots of uh Old Acadia players that go there uh to play afterwards so I think they have they have two this year um so that makes it I think a little bit bigger of a rivalry um but I think in my first year they were regular season nineteen and one so they we we beat them on our seniors night and it was like. It, shouldn't have happened. Like, no one was beating Val at that point. And then the last two years, being back in play, like, I'd say now it we are so even. Like, last year we played them, what, uh, seven times. Every single game went to five sets. And, like, always, like, uh score was 15-12. That was our... <laughs> Like, every time we played them, it was, like, 15 15-13. It was always, like, a very close game. So I'd say there used to be this, um, big, like, oh, no, we play down. Like, it's just about doing your best. Like, you're, like, you want, you want to win, but, but like, not. Um, didn't really feel like a realistic thing, whereas now I'd say we go into it and you know it's going to be a battle.
0: And just to expand on your last point, the reason Acadia athletes end up there is just Dal education. I mean, it's a, it's a strong school anywhere in Canada. Are they doing post-grad stuff there? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cool. You really focused on the libero position in club and then went into a university because obviously with the LTD rules, I, I don't think it makes sense for a kid to play libero from 13 year, their whole career, but I do think there needs to be some specialization because it's such a unique position. Uh, I am curious. Um, how long until you felt comfortable, like leaving 18U, did you feel like you understood the libero position completely? Or was there a couple of years of university where you're just like, yeah, I'm still getting used to uh, coaches talk about it, a block shadow, but really until you're in it, you don't really know what it is, or seams open up, or you don't really get targeted on serve, but when you do, it has to be perfect. Like there's so many unique things about being in the position. Uh, how much learning was going on as a university level libero?
1: Um, I, look, like, I look back at club and like I was – I had no, I think I had a naturally good read and, like, I just did things subconsciously. But I was, like, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I was just, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, well, hit at me, I'm going to try to dig it. There was no thought process of, like, what, what any block shadow looks like, what offense is being run, what my movement needs to be, nothing. Um, And, like, I'd say... Leadership wise, like in club, I was, I'd say I'm a natural leader and I think I played that role, but then I came to university and it's like a totally different thing. Um, So I struggled a lot for sure in my first year um, because we didn't have another player. So I started right off the bat and it was, I would say, a mental challenge more than anything so much information being thrown at you getting a game plan before I was like, I'd never seen a game plan in my life. And now I have this sheet that has like a million numbers on it and like a bunch of diagrams. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And, and then going in and being like, there's this expectation that because of the position I'm in, I also have to be a leader, but I'm like four years younger than some of these people and I'm stressed and I'm just trying to survive. Um, so it was this huge shock, and I think my appreciation for the position has grown immensely. Being because I think and the like tactical side of the game I like think is so interesting, and I watch a lot of video, um, and I think like it's taught me a lot. And now the game is like so much bigger. And I, I in, in, like in club I didn't appreciate indoor the same way that I do now there's, I think it's just like such an intelligent game. Whereas before I was like, Oh, it's just about who was hitting the like horse ball or like who, if you just have to be fast to get a defense or like, there's no, I don't know. I just, I think my appreciation for the sport has grown um, due to the time and like commitment that we put into video and game plans and all that stuff.
0: When you say watch video, what's really drawing your attention? Because uh, I think young athletes, one, they have to get over the discomfort of seeing themselves on video, but uh, two, the amount of stuff you can learn. Like we were so lucky to get uh, Justine wong Arantas, the USA libero, on here, and her ability to read like depth of set and location where it lines up on the hitter, and that's how she plays base defense. I was like, oh, so you just don't take a step and hop into five? You actually like line up an angle. Like it's pretty impressive when you're ripping through video. How long did it take you to get over the discomfort of watching yourself? And then two, what draws your attention that really helps you uh, create digs or or reception opportunities in-game?
1: The discomfort, I feel like I'm still not even (laughs) totally over. Every time Michelle pulls out her computer, I'm like, oh no, (laughs) like what's it going to be? But I think now I am just accept that I'm going to be embarrassed by some of the things I do. But for video... I watch. Um, I'll do it with eight, like hitters in the US, but I'll also just I'll watch a lot of NCAA stuff as well. A big thing that's helped me is I will um, watch a game and like pause after like the set or before the set, see like if I can actually make any reads like live. Like so, I'll pause it and see, and then. Pause it right before someone hits the ball, and I'm trying to read their shoulders, trying to understand where I think they're going to hit. So then I'm like in a game, I think now that like happens so fast naturally because I spent so much time sitting in my computer and like pausing and trying to guess what people were doing until like it was no longer a guess. And now I can actually understand the cues that I'm supposed to be picking up on um for right from like the pass like before i was like okay pass. i'm just still standing in the same position i'm like if the setter's off then i no longer need to be up for a setter jump and understanding that like the movement isn't always at the last second after the ball's been contacted by the attacker there's so many other steps before that that help you understand like what's gonna be the outcome of the attack Uh,
0: yeah i think that that's that's amazing does it take a couple reps in game? Are you finding that you're watching video and you're getting used to these tells or do you have to kind of be between the lines every once in a while to be like, Oh, the setter looked like this on video, but now I see her or it's a little bit faster or slower than I thought it was going to be like, how much do you have to draw from like your notes to the actual like physical side of this?
1: I think it does take a little bit, but we're at an advantage. I guess in in the U S is we're playing every team four times. And then, so like we'll watch video prior to, um, and then in game you have a little time to like adjust and see, figure out what you're seeing and what it looks like in real time. It's obviously very different, but I think like knowing that, like we I've played all these people so many times before, like I I can I feel like I can now tell you what any any server on any team is going to do like what their tendency is. They know exactly what their serve strategy is by the end of the season. Like there's so much like the knowledge just builds. And then each year it's like a little bit, of, I mean, it boggles. chest chess match is what Michelle always says. Like they're going to make slight adjustments and then you make slight adjustments to that. So it's always kind of just trying to be aware and thinking about what you're seeing and then responding based off that and then expecting them to make a change after and just constantly going back and forth with that.
0: Does that ever get exhausting or does that really fire you up about playing volleyball where you put so much time into the video and the, the diagrams and the stats and stuff. And then by the third set, that's like tweaked enough that you have to like start over almost. Right.
1: Yeah, it does. There are teams like Dal always excites me to play. Like no matter what, like, I love that with that chess match with them. But there are some teams where I'm like, this is exhausting. It feels like I'm playing. And sometimes we'll play teams like three times in like a weekend. That's what we'll do with Memorial. We'll play them three times back to back. And it's like, okay, by the third game, I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to play Memorial anymore. (laughs) I like it. I just want to like play a new team, see something different. Um, So it definitely, it can be exhausting. But I think when you can take a step back and look at how cool it is, like how much you can adapt your game plan based off like what you see each game, I think is really cool.
0: And I like how you mentioned earlier the the leadership that comes with your position but there seems to be like two very different schools of thought where coaches think, you know, the libero, you're only getting first touches. So you should be calm. You should be relaxed. You should be like, just kind of keeping the team in check a little bit. And then there's other people be like, no, I want an absolute dog. Who's going to fire up. Who's going to like create opportunities because you can't get blocks and you can't serve aces that you have to be so intense with your job and watching you a little bit. I'm not saying you're not calm and you're not zen, but you definitely like to fire up and support your teammates. So I'm curious, is is that something you take pride in? Is that something you're conscious of? Or is that just your natural personality coming out and you you love volleyball so much that you're going to cheer when good things happen?
1: I think that that's my natural personality coming out and I'm very, very passionate about volleyball um, and I love playing. So it's kind of my natural reaction. What I have learned um over my four years is how to adjust when that's not what the team needs um because I was always that but then it was sometimes that energy like it, it ever ends on a high and then you're either up here or you're down here not being able to find that middle place so I think now I've really learn to adjust my energy based off what the team needs in that moment. Like, there are games where we go and I'm like, oh, Bob, we're flat right off, like, right off the bat. I know I'm going to need to produce energy. But then there's times where I'm like, I know this is a high-pressure pressure situation and I can see people are tense. And that's when I need to be calm. And I'll always celebrate. Like, I'll I'll do that. But then it's a quick reset, trying to find a way to, like, calm myself, lower my heart rate for service, Because I also have learned that, like, I need to be in a very calm state on service, But I need to be, at, like, at a high between point. So it's been really cool to be able to find that, like, middle point.
0: Yeah, that's that's so awesome, man! It's great to hear that you're having such a great experience at Acadia. And I'm wondering, is that the reason why you've just chosen to be a part of their community so much? So instead of coming home in the summers, I mean, you were there long enough to represent Nova Scotia at Canada Games. I believe you worked for volleyball Nova Scotia. Like, obviously, you miss family and friends, but the the last few summers there, why has it been so important for you to just stay in Nova Scotia and kind of just nudge over to Halifax and be a part of that community?
1: Um, I. Absolutely love the East Coast. I think the people I've met here are like gonna be long, long-term friends for sure. Um, I I feel some, I feel like a major loyalty to the, to the provinces of Ontario Nova Scotia, um, and I like want to give back in whatever way I can, and that's why. I think it's really important. Like for me, it's really important to stay involved with coaching and doing kind of whatever I can within the community. Um, but then also working with volleyball in Scotia and creating ties within the volleyball community here. Because I feel like OVA is so interconnected. I I knew everyone. You, there's OVA drama, all this stuff. And then I came here and I was like, Oh, I can also have this volleyball community out here. And like, I worked, when I worked for all Nova Scotia, I was the beach, um, the coordinator of all our beach programs. So we were, we ran like women's leagues, co-ed leagues, kids leagues, whatever. Um, And now like, there's so many people that from working there and training with some of them like during the Canada Games, um, they all now come out to our games in Halifax. And then I ended up playing with one, like um, one of the Girls that played Taylor Whitty ended up coming back and playing another year last year. She was 29 and decided to, that she wanted to play another year. So I think like it's been cool to be embraced by a whole different volleyball community. There's still so much because I think when you come from Ontario, sometimes you like easy to like look down at like other provinces and what they're doing, but then I can't. You come and you just like. It's the same fundamentals. Like everyone here like just loves volleyball, wants to do whatever they can to help Rose Board or be a part of it. Um and I think that that's what been really cool to see.
0: We just had a Lauren Beltman on the show and now that she's back playing at TMU, she mentioned uh, when she was off playing pro, but also like you was coaching younger kids that that different perspective has actually helped her. Like she feels it on the court now with knowing what coach wants or just knowing what to get out of a drill. Uh, I'm curious with you. Coaching, playing beach, working in like a coordinator role or with the PSO, like has all of that contributed to not only like your love of volleyball from the sound of it, but also your perspective of a player? Like, has that just kind of opened up your eyes more to volleyball?
1: For sure. I think that um, coaching has been the best thing for me as a player. Um, Because I think there are times where I'm trying to explain something, whether it be a skill or something mental, trying to explain to someone. And then it like clicks for me. I'm like, oh, that's what someone was trying to tell me when they were saying that. Like, i it now makes sense. Um, so I think my perspective has like greatly changed based off like being in a different role within the sport and coaching, like you see the game totally differently. Um and I've learned like I think the biggest thing is how to train like, and being super intentional in, like, what you're doing when you're practicing. Like, it's, and this is, like, a, something that I even just kind of really figured out this summer is, like, when I'm training, it's totally a mindset of, like, I, a lot of times will go through the motions, and I have to, like, catch myself, be like, nope, what are you actually focusing on right now? And then try to find that technical aspect. But looking at when I'm training looking at like myself as if I was a player that I was coaching and trying to see what I would want from me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So as we're recording, there's an international volleyball tournament happening in Halifax. And I think it's so cool that your team is making an effort to check it out. So hopefully being exposed to the the Nova Scotia volleyball community, all these national team players love it and come back and make this an annual event. But uh, I know you got team building with the beach thing going on. Uh, Preseason will be starting soon. Just tell us uh, how fast indoor starting. Like when you got on campus, were you guys already in the gym prepping for the season?
1: Yeah. Full swing. I got, I was at Madawaska. I left Madawaska early, throw at 5 a.m. Saturday morning. Got to Wolfville 1 a.m. <laughs> Sunday morning. Um, and then we had testing Monday morning. So I had a little bit of time to recover. And then we were right in the gym. We had testing, orientation, roster photos. And then the next day we were like open tryouts. And then have been training since. Um, we are like, we we're back on court. We we're on court, I think, like, eight times a week. Um, so it's been definitely, uh, a tough coming back to because I took the summer off for the first time ever from playing. So my body's readjusting.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure you'll catch up quickly, but do you notice a difference in your skills that you just don't have the same touch? Like, uh, versus like when you're training full-time for Canada games or little things like that, or is honestly just the physical thing that as soon as you get your wind back, you'll be totally fine. <laughs>
1: Weirdly enough, I didn't didn't feel that. I trained like a little bit this summer, and I was actually training with my little brother and some of his friends. Um, and I like the, these first few weeks, like I feel probably the best I have in a long time playing. Um, and I think it's that speaks volumes to what rest can do. Because um, I do feel like I mean, conditioning wise and stuff, you know, I like at first was feeling it um but skill wise i felt so i feel like rejuvenated from having a break but like my body was just ready to go
0: that's awesome so i know um you got preseason you guys are training a lot i think you have an exhibition tournament where you'll be coming to queens right Mm -hmm. so all your ontario fans can hopefully come watch that and then we'll have to find a live stream or you know what just make the trip out east and catch one of these gnarly matches and see what it's like to have three thousand fans in the gym for a regular season game but uh yeah it's so awesome to hear about what you got going on in acadia and just hopefully you can break your own record because i think that's gnarly over 400 digs in a single season but uh hearing everything you've accomplished and just your love for volleyball I i imagine something odd or funny happened along the way so i was hoping you could just share one more story before we let you go
1: yeah, it was. I was funny because I, I was texting my brother, Chris, uh, about this. I was like, I need some. Like, I need a funny for story. I can't think of anything. He had some good ones from some Lee side memories, but those will be his to share. <laughs> if they were good. Um, but I, the one I settled on was, um, parental finals in 16U when so I was playing with Storm. And my dad is—he's filming at the end with all the other dads and their GoPros filming the game. Obviously, (laughs) Um, ball's coming, gonna hit the camera. So he like sticks his hand out, dislocates his finger mid game, and I—I didn't know this happened during. But him being him, he's like, I can't, like, he's not going to (laughs) leave. So my mom resets his finger in the hallway at Rim Park. Um, The game finishes, and then he ends up going, he has to go to Emerge later that day or later that night to get his, right, like, wedding band cut off because it was that finger. So he, like, had to get it, like, removed at the hospital um, so that's a, uh, I think it uh, makes me laugh because I can
0: make fun of him for it. So I'm mean, gonna have to ask him the next time I see him. He's got some great, uh, being a dad in sports okay. stories, but finally, where he's the victim of one, I gotta bring this one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: well, Becky, this has been awesome. I feel like I, I've known you and your family for a lot of years, but I definitely learned a lot through this interview and so glad to see you doing well and really enjoying it. So thanks for taking the time and coming on the show.
1: Of oh, course, thank you so much for having me.